Are you looking to level up your author business? Are you pounding your head against a wall, wondering what your next step should be? Then join me, Daniel Wilcox. And me, Sasha Black, as we haul ass each week in a bid to level up. Level up. Come along for the ride as we delve deep into the business of writing, craft, entrepreneurship, and every level of the author journey. This is the Next Level Author Podcast. Hello Achievers and welcome to episode number 668, says my notes because I definitely typed that wrong, of the Next Level Authors Podcast, a podcast where we hold each other to account and track our step-by-step progress as we level up our author businesses. My name is Daniel Wilcox and here with me every single week is... Sasha fucking Black. Sasha fucking Black. How are you, Sasha? Well, I've been Mm. better, actually. (laughs) Trying not to have a heart attack. Uh, I say that jokingly, really fucking mean it. Uh, <clears throat> experiencing some elevated stress levels and um, that has resulted in some chest pain. <laughs> um, should probably get checked out at oh, some point. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Literally, I just got through recording uh, some of my uh, Rebel Author podcast and I was like laughing about the fact that I was experiencing chest pains and I was like, it's all right, guys. This is how I cope with life. <laughs> you well, know, like is, I just laugh. Laughter is the best, you know, cure the best type of medicine you know other than actual medicine so (laughs) yeah like and in my defense you know I have actually called the doctors and they do think that you know I'm young and relatively healthy and therefore it's probably just stress but also (laughs) might say something that I might need to chill the fuck out um but when you ask about my week I will explain wait is that what we're doing now are you asking me about my week uh, I kind of said how are you but also yeah you can go into how was your week so this week I nearly had my Amazon account shut or like at least one of my books pulled and like all my pre-orders cancelled, which is the result, which is the, the chest pains are the result of this. So <clears throat> to explain, you all need to buy your own ISBNs. And if I hadn't have brought my own ISBNs, I would have not have had any evidence to buy Dan to prove that I own uh, my books and my copyright. So what happened was that I uh, uploaded through Ingram Spark and they've changed their dashboard. And in their dashboard, they have an imprint section. Uh, so who is it that you are publishing under? If you're trad, it'll be someone like Collins or Bloomsbury or whatever. For me, it's, well, for an indie, it's either going to be your own name or it's going to be an imprint name that you make up. Mine is Atlas Black Publishing. Dan, Dan's is Devil's Rock Publishing. Is that right? Yeah. And, I can't believe you um, had to question that. I wasn't sure if it was Devil Rock Publishing or Devil's Rock Publishing. Devils. There's more than one. Or does it belong to devil. the devil? Mm. Bitch, I'm the queen of devils. Um, anyway. You're the queen of rebels. <laughs> I'm the queen of all darkness. Okay. <laughs> so... We both paused for a sip of coffee then for people listening yeah, to the podcast. Yeah, sorry, everyone. <laughs> that was bad timing. We all need. It was bad timing. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Um, so I, in my Ingram account, it had defaulted to my name as opposed to my imprint. And so it got loaded up onto Amazon. And of course, I checked all the sales page, saw that the publisher was Sasha Black. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. So I changed it on my Ingram dashboard and thought nothing of it. Um but the paperbacks weren't going live in like America. It was live in the UK. And I was like, there is something wrong. Anyway, a couple of days later, I get this email from Amazon. That's like, bitch, 
you don't own the copyrights. Like, why? who is this new publisher? There's a previous edition. You need to prove that you own the copyright to this book. And their language is really aggressive. So they're like, you need a contract. You need copyright proof and not one that's pending. You need one that's like secured. You need um, signed authorized letters from publishers transferring rights, this, that, and the other. None of that shit is anything that a self-publisher is going to own, right? So I'm like, fuck. And um, so what I did was I submitted... um, the, all, the things that I could think of. So I sent my editor's invoice and then the corresponding payment out of my bank account, which showed my business name, my my name and the editor. I sent uh, emails from my designer, like anything that had evidence of stuff coming to me and going out, you know, with side characters on it. They they rejected all of my evidence, at which point I started to seriously shit my pants because they also put a time on this. So you only have five days to resolve it. Five fucking days. So I had to drop everything. We know they're really quick at like responding to emails and phone calls and things. <laughs> I know, right? Well, and this is the thing. I'd already phoned them. I tried phoning them, but this department couldn't um they don't talk to each other and the department that deals with it copyright infringements doesn't uh have a phone system so you have to do it by email and of course they take 24 hours to reply so I didn't fucking sleep all week and anyway so what I did was I went into my Ingram account so this is just in case anybody else experiences this and if you click where it says like title processing or title active or whatever it will give you the time stamped information of every change and step it's gone through so I could highlight and circle metadata revision which then corresponded with the Amazon uh time and date you know obviously it changed just after that on Amazon and what I also did was I had to go to my Nielsen uh ISBN account and Nielsen is specific to England if you are in America it might be Boca in Canada it's the library I think and you know different in different places but I went into my Nielsen account and my Nielsen account, all of the ISBNs are attributed to Atlas Black Publishing. So they could see that my ISBNs were already owned by the person who was publishing the book. And then in my in my account, so it has Atlas Black Publishing, but it also had my name, which was the original publisher, according to Amazon, Sasha Black. So they could see that Sasha Black was also Atlas Black Publishing. But And then I had to circle, like, so I had to get all of this information onto one page with the bloody ISBN. And I tell you what, they would not have accepted and they would have pulled my book down and they would have removed and cancelled all my pre-orders. So if you guys don't own your own ISBNs, this is a reason for owning them because Mm -hmm. this shit me up massively and has really reminded me how much I want to back away from Amazon. Um and to create more streams of income, do more things, direct traffic more to my website and do direct sales and things like this because it shipped me up, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, of course it did. Like that that genuine fear ahead of a, a brand new launch you've been working your ass off on suddenly just be like, no, you can't have your book. Like I do, I'm not gonna, I won't go too deeply into details because I don't think it's a place to like bash people, but I do um, dislike Ingram's dashboard quite a lot and they don't help the situation by making things easy to access and use 
Um, yeah, well, they've now defaulted. I've said to them, you have to remove Sasha Black. And they're like, oh, we can't remove it, but we can set your default to Atlas Black Publishing. And I was no, like... It's impossible to delete a line of data. My point. Um, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Oh my God, so, I have chest pains just talking about that. <laughs> on top of everything else. Mm-hmm. How yeah. was your week? Oh, we're on me now. So I <laughs> like let's, let's top this episode by saying it's probably not going to be the most positive. Um, I have had... A week. I just won against Amazon. How fucking more positive do you want to get? Queen. Yeah, you won. All right. Okay. Well, you can take that. Okay. <laughs> I like... will bring the positivity. Okay. Well, I don't know. I don't even know like how to to talk about mine. Really, it's just I've been in a real slump this week, like a proper slump. And I, so people know that you know I'm currently like looking to move house. Um, I'm going into like all the buying side of things. I've obviously got like lots going on behind the scenes of my own projects and things and I just yeah this week has just been basically crashing weird? into a wall mm, no not even weird like just shit <laughs> just Aww, in terms of because obviously yeah, positivity is one of one of my main things and it's just not there this week like I've woken up tired and heavy most mornings like I've struggled to get work done I I tend to like i I don't know how common this is, but I tend to, under times of like real stress, go into real disassociative episodes where I just go on autopilot and forget like a few months later, like that entire time period. And as someone who's kind of like moved around a fair bit, that happens quite a lot. So I kind of feel like I'm in in one of those where it's just, I'm just kind of like going through the daily grind, trying to get things done, but also trying to do that with zero energy. Um, And I think like, I think I'm turning the corner, I'm coming out of the worst of it, but it's just been it's just been a hard week. It's just been one of those where I've not wanted to come to the keyboard. Um, I've got a lot to do. Things keep popping up. And then when you just about think you're on top of stuff, suddenly someone else pops up and goes, oh, have you done this yet? And you're like, no, 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 I haven't. Um, <laughs> also, my laptop's decided it's going to take off now, which is fine. Um, oh, my God, that needs to sort itself out. My um, computer was doing that all. Like, my, I really need to upgrade my computer because yeah. it has been doing it all week as well. Yeah, but I mean, it's I've still got a lot done. Like, um, I've made a lot of progress with the thing. <laughs> I um, went on to the Writer's Mindset podcast uh, this week with Christine Adams, so that'll be coming out soon. Um, I had a bunch of boot camps with with my writing group, um, and we had a guest this week, Drew Starling, who was a, a former guest on the Great Writers Show, who came on and chatted with the guys for an hour and answered their questions, and that was really really good. And it's sort of it's really interesting because he was someone when I first came into contact with him about a year ago who was very very early like super early he'd been doing short stories and things and he's recently released his first novel and it's going very very well so it was nice to kind of bring him on and share that experience with the others mm-hmm. um but yeah it's just I don't know I don't know really know what more to say on this week it's just like moving it's house and everything else like I haven't even got a house yet but um I might have i tell you more about this afterwards but I might have narrowed down like the area that I'm moving to um potentially but it's just it's just a lot it is a lot having moved last year I can fully appreciate how much it is Mm -hmm. yeah 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 so I'll leave it I'll leave it at that um what's something that you've enjoyed this week okay so for one more um, service a knob so I enjoyed uh Hanny and Issues Guide to Fake Dating and it's given me a couple of realizations so this is about um 
two girls, Bengali girls, so Asian rep. They're both bisexual, so bi rep. Um, and it has, I'm trying to think about how I can word this. So the vast majority of books I read are about white, straight, middle-class people, because that's just what publishing is in, especially, you know, in young adult, like you get a tiny bit of representation sometimes in side characters and stuff. But um, I feel like I've been on this path for a little while now looking for books that are more representative. So I've been reading a lot of books by people of colour. I've been actively searching for like LGBT books. Um, I talk to Jeff Adams sometimes and he gives me book recommendations or he started giving them to me a little while ago. And that was like I obviously had read stuff prior to that, but it really pushed me down this road. And I didn't realize how much I needed to read books like this because yeah I don't know I'm just like feel like I'm having a moment with books like this and I went to the Waterstones in London when I got very drunk that day and you know they couldn't really give me any books that were young adult lesbian romances like young adult lesbian contemporary or fantasy like romances they had like two and I was like this is not good enough and so I've been on a mission hunting for books and um uh, if listeners have any recommendations, I am specifically looking for young adult, lesbian, it can be anything across the queer spectrum. Uh, if the characters or authors are people of colour, even better, uh, doesn't have to be happy for white, lesbian, whatever, but basically looking for more books like this. And I think I have to write them. And that's a bit of a realization to me because I'm like, why have I not been writing books like this anyway? And I don't know if it's some kind of unconscious bias because I've been brought up in a predominantly white society. I suspect it is, but I'm like, why, why is this not a thing that I have already been doing? I am queer, I am mixed race, like, what why why do I not write these books because obviously I mean to be fair my protagonist is not white um but you know like I don't know I just I just feel like I'm having a moment and a realization about identity and how much I didn't realize that I needed to read books about people like me mm. I just thought I was reading books about people like me because young adult books with female protagonists are you know they're kick-ass and they're rebellious and I thought that was enough for me that's the realization I thought that was enough and it's not I want books about people like me and that. yeah so that has been the thing that I've enjoyed also just a, another recommendation I'm I haven't finished this I'm reading this but this is a book called writing the other a practical approach and I'm going to absolutely butcher the names but Cynthia Ward and I said that one first because that one's the easier name Lucy <laughs> Nissy Shaw I hope I've said that right uh but this is a book about how to write other characters characters with other you know diverse aspects and stuff very short uh very interesting guide so yeah recommend that but yeah I oh shit, I'm destroying things um I'm having a moment Dan nice yeah how about well, you that, what have you enjoyed well that thing's quite nicely because um I've been on the same revelation and I'm really craving books about straight white men <laughs> I just, 
like my shelf is just full of non-straight oh, white men books and I just need to <laughs> just really have been struggling so we could probably swap and like do like a book swap <laughs> oh you did a funny <laughs> no my, yeah, um... <laughs> that could have gone either way really I yeah. so my my thing that I've enjoyed this week um I put two things down so number one um our wonderful VA put together a cinnamon challenge video compilation of things so all the people that got involved in the cinnamon challenge from the last level up challenge um is all piled together if you've not seen it yet it's on the facebook it's on the youtube i sound like my mom it's on the facebook she's not northern in any way she's southern i don't know why i did freaking yorkshire um i'm gonna get people from- uh, hysteria so dan hysteria um, hysteria just yeah, yeah. so Oh, where was I? Oh, yeah. So, and on, on Patreon as well. But it was um, like just again, just a big shout out to the people that, you know, did the cinnamon challenge and, you know, had some fun with it. Uh, like, I did it myself. It, <laughs> it isn't nice. Um, but yeah, that, so that was fun. And then also the second thing is um, so I started watching uh, Raya and the Last Dragon a couple of weeks ago. And I Raya say I started. And the Last Dragon. Raya, Raya. 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 Raya, Raya, I think. Um, Raya. I don't know. It's this thing where you like just can't pronounce names. This is. I mean, I'm pronouncing it like it's pronounced in the movie, so that I presume is the correct pronunciation. Also, Raya and the Last Dragon is fucking amazing. Oh, it's wicked! But I say uh, I started watching it a couple of weeks ago because basically my son watched it with me, and we got to kind of like the inciting incident, and when all this stuff happened, and it basically gave him nightmares for six days. So, like, warning to people with young children. It can fuck them up. Um, I should not be laughing. I know, I know, but <laughs> God, I know he. It was one of those. Oh, it was one of those moments where, like, you're holding your kid and they're clearly upset by it, and I'm like, okay, is this a teachable moment or is this a retreatable moment? So, so like, sorry. you like, Jeremy, you look at your kid and you're like, I can't force them through this. Like, they're they're no. genuinely like struck with fear by now. So. Oh. I yeah. just want to give him a cuddle. Yeah, he had lots of those. So yeah, I started watching it then, but then I was like, I really want to know what happened. Um, so I ended up finishing it this week. And yeah, it was it was um really, really good. Typical, I say typical, um, very, very clearly a heroine's journey, which is mm. you know, really, really nice to see. But then also the thing that I marvel at every time when it comes to sort of um CGI films is just how good the visuals are now like you cannot fault them and when it shows big scenes with you know a dragon swimming through the water like water must be the hardest thing to animate unless i'm massively ignorant in terms of like obviously visualization and what you what you can do but like for me water just seems like the hardest thing to simulate effectively to make it look real and then you've got thing, um, films like you know finding nemo moana raya raya we are where the water just looks like real actual water and it's just one of those where i watch it and i'm watching like um, liquid dynamics probably more than I'm watching you know the dragon in the action but like it was it was a really really good film and it was colorful and it was you know Disney and it was um, good and it had a message and also I mean this is tangential and probably something that we can dive deep uh, deeper into um, at another time but it really sort of like inspired me with some of the stuff that I potentially want to work on in the future so because it's kind of there's like a post-apocalyptic element to it like in the way that it's kind of portrayed at certain points so yeah mm. that was that was the thing that I enjoyed this week Weekly so confessional. Post a park. No, that's not where I'm going with that. But I'm just saying that, like, I am going to pick your brains about that afterwards. Okay. Um, <clears throat> weekly confessional. Sasha will work on launch stuff. 
Oh my God, that is all I have been doing. Can I just say, I've done so much. I'm so proud of myself. And also I am still so far behind. <laughs> I just can't seem to I don't know that get it all in done. in front is achievable for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I think that's really your area of expertise or where you thrive. <laughs> oh, you stop. You're like killing me this week. Wow. I feel so called out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Oh, I learned a new lesson this week. Can I share my lesson? No. I'm going to share my lesson. So, oh, I think we're both delirious. Come on then, teach. Um, Okay, so, Eskimos. They have like 17 (laughs) meanings for the word snow. (laughs) many ways to say busy okay so uh, there is a there is a very short explanation (sighs) communication issues some people take when I say I'm busy some people take it as a negative whereas I find busy to be a positive but also like there are differing shades of busy so there are me like busy like the reason I'm saying this is because I think I have made people think that I don't have time for them. And that's not at all the case. And I am sorry to people who feel that way. Um, So what I, what I I have learned is that other people have definitions of words that don't necessarily match my definitions of words. Mm -hmm. Right. And as self-published business owners who work for ourselves, we are naturally, busier in terms of pressure and workload than many people who have day jobs and so when we can use that word busy especially if you have achiever in your top 10 you are likely to use that word more often and therefore it brings about a more negative connotation but for me there's like busy I am always going to be busy there is never a time when I'm not going to be busy because if I'm not busy I'm not I'm doing something wrong in my business right because we should always but busy can mean busy producing it could mean there's a difference between being busy day to day being busy for a launch and being busy trying not to let Amazon take your entire company down right so the last 48 hours for example I pretty much didn't speak to anyone because I was trying to just get that fucking thing done but you know for the most of the time yes I'm always busy but that doesn't mean I don't have time for people and so yeah the lesson it's just about people's definitions because I see busy in different shades and other people don't and the that was the comparison for me was like well Eskimos see snow differently 
you know, whereas British people or people in other, you know, countries where snow is not so often, like not so regular, we just see it as snow. It's all just snow. So for lots of people, busy is just all just busy, but it's not the case. Mm. So yeah, I just thought that was an interesting... Well, yeah, I had a conversation with someone um, a couple of months back where it was similar and they were going about how busy they were. And so I found myself automatically defaulting to like suggestions because I'm a fixer. And their whole thing, like they came back and went, oh no, I don't mean it in a negative way. Like I really enjoy what I do. I'm just doing a lot and that's okay with me. It's just, yeah. I am physically busy. Whereas yeah. for, for someone like me, I don't, I, I tend to, because of that negative conversation with busy, I tend to veer back like from, if someone's like, how are you? I really, really hate saying, oh, I'm really busy. So I switch that and just try and say like, I'm really productive right now. Because for me, that feels more um, like, like a word in motion as opposed to, for me, busy feels like, and again, it's that different definition, but for me, busy feels like, oh, things are just coming at me and I'm like slowly retreating. Whereas productive feels like I'm doing lots of things, but they're things that I've chosen and they're moving forward. But again, it's all it's all semantics, but I think it's a good point to, to be aware of it. Mm. So you I did your launch stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay. In summary. <laughs> so. Wow, this episode is a clusterfuck. It's just a normal episode. Dan <laughs> will finish mini project and write 20k of ghost writing words. So this is the second week in a row that I failed because I did Shut up. I did my uh, mini project, that's fine, but I did not. I did about 7k of ghost writing words so far. So take that how you will. Digest. We'll see what happens in the uh, in the Patreon group. So I think when we get together and do this joint forfeit, you have to start like three shots down. <laughs> that would be my. <laughs> okay. You know, something like that. I don't know. We'll ask patrons. Uh-huh. Oh, boo. Yeah. It's been a week. It's and it happens. Week. Um, it does happen. Patreon. So we had no new patrons this week, but for um, anyone who wants to support the show and get early access to all episodes, listen to my laptop taking off again. Um, and get involved in our monthly live Q&As, then head on over to patreon.com forward slash next level authors. Um, updates and promotions. <laughs> Sasha, what's coming out in very, very soon? Eight Steps to Side Characters, the textbook and workbook. So the full title is Eight Steps to Side Characters, How to Craft Supporting Roles with Intention, Purpose and Power. Um, And yeah, it's coming out. There is going to be some Instagram lives. There's going to be a Facebook live. There's going to be, um, there's a pre-order like sneak peek bonus. And then you'll be entered into a giveaway. You can get that by submitting your pre-order proof to sashaback.co.uk forward slash side pre-order. Mm-hmm. you should probably get a copy it's awesome i have read it i can confirm this do thank it. you very much and then for me if anyone wants to write with me i do run a weekly writing group called wilcox writers and you can find out about that at danielwilcox.com community but we meet four times a week to write get the words in it's a fantastic group we have a private slack channel a whole community vibe and i also throw in like extras with live q a's with other guests including sasha who came on Last month, the month before, time is weird. Um, but yeah, find that at danielwilcox.com slash community. Level ups. So I'm going to go over to my buddy, David Corquette, whose level up was, I feel like I leveled up today with my submission to Sasha Black's Rebel Diaries anthology. Aww. I think we saw quite a few of those as well. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, I am really excited to read them. Um, 
I have let everybody know now who submitted that um, I will be reading in August. I just do not have the capacity to do it this month. So yeah, I will be reading in August and I will get back to everybody with decisions by the end of September. Beautiful. And uh, on that vibe of levelling up, the Level Up Challenge will be posted on the Facebook group and the Patreon today. So all the announcements of what me and Sasha will be doing, what the prizes are and everything you have to do to get involved in this quarter's Level Up Challenge will be on the group. So go check that out. Um, last week, comments. Yep. Episode 67, what is your relationship with no? Whoops, sorry about that. Um, <clears throat> so Ember May, oh, that's a cool name, said, I am not good at saying no. I get all excited about new ideas and want to research them immediately. This year, though, my word for the year was focus. And that meant saying no to a lot of stuff, including posting regularly on social channels that were draining my energy. <clears throat> As a result, I've written three books. Holy fuck, a prequel. <laughs> and I'm about a third of the way into another book. So the plan is to keep my head down and keep going. Hell yes. I love that. Well, that's fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> CJ Dainton said, can I slide in another option here? How about a not yet or a not right now? So that is actually my technique at the moment for a lot of things is to say not yet, not right now. Um, so like when people ask me to do things <clears throat> and I don't have time, I'm like, well, come back again in six months and I might have time then. Mm -hmm. And then Emily Han says, personally, I've never had a problem with saying no. Hell yeah. Which could be why I only have two friends. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, quality, I love quality, that. quality, not quantity. Yes, exactly. I exactly. wish I had two friends. Uh, you don't even have one. I know. It's the crux <laughs> of it. I've got some freak who goes on about different types of snow. Oh no, we've lost everything. <laughs> I wish I hadn't told that story. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so like out of the blue. Just like tangential Eskimos. All right, cool. <laughs> Listen, Infants. you should know <laughs> that shit is random with me. My brain has been like this all week. <laughs> I've been doing thinky things this week and I've had lots of thoughts. And Good. so I'm Good. like, yeah, just let's just move on. <laughs> Is that, are we, are we comments done? Yeah, buddy. There's only three in the um, Facebook group. I don't know if I should be looking. I didn't, don't, did we have any? I don't think we had any in Patreon, did we? I didn't see any come through this week. Potentially. Moving on. So, yeah. question of the week. Okay, so you have a book coming out in 13 days. All around. Shit. is it 13 days? 13 oh, days. Uh, uh, all around side characters and obviously building up um, like a solid cast that helps support your message as an author. So my question to you um, is how do you build a strong cast of supporting characters? <laughs> you could have given me a warning of this. No. <laughs> uh, okay, so I think the first thing to understand is the different types of side characters. And... <sighs> The thing is, a lot of people, when they think about side characters, think about archetypes. And whilst archetypes are useful in talking about story and explaining like a story arc, I don't think they help writers to create a set of characters because the common problems are, well, how do I stop a side character from taking over? How do I stop? How do I know, you know, how much depth to put, how many characters, how do I manage lots of characters? And the thing is, I think when you understand the different 
like my version of what side characters are, I think that helps people eradicate all of those problems. So you give an example of an archetype just for people who might not know. Yeah. So an archetype would be like your Gandalf, okay, in Lord of the Rings, who is a mentor. That's the archetype or guide. I don't know. Some some other classics call them guides, some call them mentors. Another one would be an ally. So <clears throat> Ron and Hermione and Harry Potter are allies. They are friends of the main character. So I say there are three types of side character, cameo, minor and major. And I'm going to really try and succinctly say this because there are some other things you need to do. But a cameo is very brief and fleeting. Uh, think of the woman in the red dress from The Matrix where she like comes in and she's there and then literally she doesn't even have anything to say. You just remember she was a really hot curvy girl with blonde hair. That's all you remember. And that's the point. That's a cameo. They might not have lines. They might have lines, but they'll it'll only be one or two. You're not supposed to remember them. And they usually have labels. So like girl with a teddy. Um, woman in the red dress, for example. They're, they're so, you know, uh, unimportant that they have these labels. Uh, Stan Lee uh, used to cameo in a lot of the Marvel films. That's another example. In terms of story, they have no impact on the protagonist, no impact really on the story. They are there <clears throat> to do a small thing and then they fuck off again. And so you can have a cast of hundreds of these because um, you don't need any de depth. They can all be caricatures and identifiable by their labels. Then you have minor characters. Uh, minor characters are there more frequently. So they might be, for example, um, a receptionist or like a barman that talks to the protagonist a few times. Mr. Filch in Harry Potter with the cat is another example of a minor character because he's there you know, uh, quite a few times across the series, but he doesn't affect the story. He doesn't affect the protagonist. You could remove Mr. Filch and his cat and Harry Potter would still be Harry Potter. So they have transactional exchanges. Um, <clears throat> they might have some, they might be a bit of a caricature and, and in some respects, Mr. Filch is. This is the janitor for anybody um, who's forgotten who Mr. Filch was. Um, and uh, but they, the, it's transactional exchanges as opposed to anything meaningful. They're not going to have their own character arc. They're not going to have their own subplots, really. Um, and so when you understand those two, you understand that actually the pressure is not there for you to create lots of depth around these characters. You don't, you actually don't have to do it. You can create very character, caricaturized characters, um, have something very, you know, memorable about them. And that's about it. Um, but then you come to major side characters. Major side characters have a character arc. They have a subplot. They should represent the theme in your book. They should have an influence on the protagonist, an influence on the outcome. So, and then they have probably backstory. They, you know, they're going to have all of these things. These are the only characters that really have to have the level of depth that um, <clears throat> a lot of writers worry about. And so these are going to be like your Ron and Hermione's. They're going to be the ghosts in A Christmas Carol are another example of like major side characters. Um, in Bridget Jones, it would be Mr. Darcy and what was Daniel Cleaver, right? They are main characters. They all have backstories and arcs of themselves in the in the in and of themselves. So I think understanding that structure 
of side characters is super important um, because you understand who actually needs to have the depth and therefore it becomes easier to manage the other characters because you don't have the pressure of you know creating all that that level of depth in terms of some other quick tips because I could talk about this forever <laughs> I picked this question because I'm quite tired and I wanted you to talk <laughs> oh, okay cool fine so I'm going to talk about the illusion of um, arcs and I'm going to talk about scene power and I will probably leave it there. Otherwise, I will talk for I will just continue talking until I've talked the whole book. For people watching on um, YouTube, look how energised Sasha's just become. <laughs> oh, am I really? That's so yeah. funny. I just I didn't realise how much I love side characters. They're actually my favourite. I prefer them to the protagonist because they're so much fun. I was having this conversation actually with um uh, somebody about um, the fact that you don't have any restrictions with side characters, whereas mm. protagonists have to follow particular arcs. They are constrained by having to perform in a certain way, whereas you don't have that with side characters, which is why they're so fun. Okay, so scene power. A lot of people ask how you prevent your side characters from taking over in a scene. And I love this analogy that I came up with. So if your story is like, let's say, you're going to a, a dinner, okay? You're going to a friend's dinner or you're going to an anonymous dinner. Let's say it's an anonymous dinner. You're going to this dinner party. You walk into the room. As humans, we naturally know where the locus of power is in that room. We will be drawn to where that power is. Now, if you take the host of a dinner party as the protagonist, and you take all of the guests as side characters, those guests might be telling jokes when you walk in. They might be telling anecdotes or asking poignant questions of the host slash protagonist, right? All things that these side characters do. And just because they have that moment of, you know, the attention being on them does not make them the host. Why? Because the only person driving that meal is the host slash protagonist, because they are the ones who decide when we have dinner, when they clear the plates away, if dessert is going to be served, if they're it going to be. give coffee. Well, yeah, I know. Right. But like, if you think about it in story terms, in a scene, it's the same. Right. So the protagonist needs to be the one making the decisions, driving, making those you know, decisions on direction. Yes, the other characters can have their moments. They can be divas. They can tell jokes. They can ask questions, but they are never going to be the ones driving the action. And I think when you think about it in terms of that dinner table, it really helps. Now, in the book, I wrote um, I took a scene from near the climax of the end of my first book and um, I rewrote it so that the scene power was off. And it is the most uncomfortable, awkward thing to read ever. It, it's so painful. I actually give a warning in the book to say, this is really painful to read because you don't know who the protagonist is anymore. It's very hard to understand who is making the decisions, where the ringleader is in, in the scene. And it's on purpose to show people what happens when you don't have the locus of power in the right place. Um, and so I then rewrite that scene showing where the problems are and fixing them and showing the final published scene so you can see how different it reads. And I, it's one of the things that I like the most in the book because I think it's such a powerful example of 
how scene power can be done wrong and why it's so important to understand the concept of scene power and and how much <clears throat> in knowing and understanding what scene power is it gives you the author the power to control your characters back because I think we lose a lot of power sometimes because you know these characters take over and you don't know <clears throat> what you don't know but when you understand scene power it puts the empowerment back in your hands as the author to control how a scene is structured and where the locus of power lies um I don't know. I probably that's I, I know I said I was going to talk about uh, character arcs as well, but like maybe I've talked too much already. I don't know. <laughs> I think there's a lot of directions you can go with it. Obviously, you've written an entire book on it that wouldn't die. Like <laughs> yeah, literally, it's like seventy three thousand fucking words. So, yeah, it's no. huge, and I've read it. And you know, part of the reason for this question is obviously like the book's coming out soon. But part of it is also um, that when because I I was working on the book a couple of months ago. I can't remember when it was, um, and. I, I was speaking to you about some of this and I, I had a real problem with the fact that I'd had, I got the protagonist, but the actual role of the protagonist was a really, really lonely role. They were very, very isolated and it was making the story very difficult to write. And just from one of the conversations with yourself, I realized that I hadn't actually created solid supporting side characters that made it easier to write that book. And in that scenario, I mean, if you imagine James Bond, he's a, he's a lone wolf. He does like things by himself. He's very like, oh, I'm going to you know be James Bond and be badass. But even then, he has people that do support him from the sidelines and provide him the things that he needs, even though he does the action himself. And it was that realisation that really kind of unlocked it. And in reading the book, I, I like the, the first part that you said about sort of the restructure of how you look at side characters. Because one thing that I really, really struggled with when um, I was sort of earlier in my writing was this idea that like, I'd created a character. And then I, I really resented the fact that they wouldn't appear for the rest of the book. And obviously, like then, that's a, now I know that's like a cameo character. Um, but it, for some reason, it really irked me because I, as I'm creating my characters, I'd have my protagonist, I'd have my antagonist, I'd create sort of a cast of characters around them. And then as I'm writing, other characters would pop into my head, and I'd be like, "Oh, but shouldn't they, shouldn't they have more? Because you know they're, they're they're in the book; they need to be in there for a purpose." But like you say, there is um, like cameos serve a purpose in a way in terms of just like allowing the the um, the story to move forward or the actions move forward but they don't need to be memorable and just kind of that shift of how you look at the other characters has just mm. kind of um it's, it's done a lot for me so it's it's really really useful that book i'm Thank generally you. not just saying that because you know we're like bezies and shit i tried to so i asked a lot of questions um and i asked my audience what they struggled with with, in terms of side characters. And I really tried very hard to shape the book around that. Like it might not be, I also don't like to patronize people. So I haven't gone this question and this is the answer, you know, um, but I have tried to create content that will empower writers to like take control back and yeah, giving them different frameworks from which to understand side characters and different analogies to understand like the purpose the role of side character like I yeah I mean I I'm actually really proud of the book now like I've come through the doubt now and I'm like actually you know what it's a really fucking good book mm -hmm. and yeah I'm proud of it so yeah nice boom so how are we leveling up our business this week <clears throat> okay well so I'm gonna uh take into account that my son is gonna be off school Wednesday Thursday Friday uh, and my wife is also off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. <laughs> so, um, and also I'm going to be, okay. So 
yeah so this is next week isn't it so I am going to be all out of whack next week because not only is my son on school holidays I'm also doing a conference on America time so I'm going to be mm. up late I'm going to be up late and uh, and still have to be up early because obviously I'm in launch so the things I'm going to do is I'm going to start Becca Con conference and I'm really going to give it everything. So I'm going to try and Is prepare meals. Yeah, nice. I'm going to try and prepare uh, meals before it starts. So I think it starts at 3 p.m. on the Friday, Thursday, Friday and 4 p.m. on Saturday, Sunday um, and try and make sure that my family have everything they need so that I don't necessarily get interrupted. Um, and I'm going to try and organize so that I can do bedtimes and stuff in the breaks and bits so that everyone's routine is going to be a bit out of whack. But it's for me like I'm really taking this conference for me like I'm really excited to do that so I, I will have done oh actually I think I've only have done one day by the time we record next but anyway I would have started that um I am going to continue launch stuff I would really like to have I would what would I have liked to have done I want to get as close to done as possible by next week but okay so I'm going to be specific I'm going to have written my launch blog I'm going to have written I've done my last chance email and that's scheduled but I'm going to do one other email I better write this down so I don't forget um and then I'm going to have at least oh that's probably the same thing so I'm going to have scripted my launch blog and post my launch i'm going to have scripted my launch blog and post yeah and uh i'm going to have finished my article and i'm going to have written a street team email i'm gonna pull back and say i'm gonna do launch stuff because <laughs> i just i'm gonna do launch stuff i'm gonna do launch stuff i'm gonna do launch stuff i'm gonna do becca con i'm gonna start becca con i'm gonna try and do all the oh God, what's wrong with me this week? can i start again please no i'm going to organize give me five words family... for snow and then you can start again <laughs> i'm going to make sure my family have everything they need so that i can do BeccaCon. i'm going to start BeccaCon, and i'm going to continue to work on launch stuff monday tuesday that's my three um i am going to well, basically I'm so it. sorry everyone had to listen to me do that <laughs> <laughs> let's start of every episode before we start recording we're like do we have everything we need I know and the answer is always no I know. um I know. <laughs> so I've put I'm gonna write so I can rest um which basically I'm in the same boat as you I've got um my, my son comes off of school on Thursday and then I've got him for two and a half weeks so my aim has been to try and slam words so I can take those two weeks off pretty much mm -hmm. you know bar odd things here and there so um i'm not going to quantify because that's seems to not be working at the minute but what i am going to do is slam words yeah i the quantifying stuff is is um not really working for me as well because everything is like so up and down well i think for um, me as well the fact that we record this on a friday morning whereas every time i do this i'm thinking it's monday to sunday yeah like for some reason in my head i'm like an entire week and then i'm like but it's not <laughs> it's not because we get monday tuesday wednesday thursday yeah that's it so yeah. we have four days to do whatever that's what fucks me as well i completely mm. agree completely agree four. kilo time there we go cool 
Awesome. And to you guys, the question is, how do you build a strong cast of supporting characters? And we will see you, as always, next week. Bye. 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 Hungry for more? If you enjoyed this podcast, you can hear more of my angelic accent and Dan's dulcet tones on our other podcasts. For more of me, check out the Great Writer Share podcast. For more of me, listen to the Rebel Author podcast. We'll be back next week holding each other to account as Dan and Sasha become Next Rebel Authors. I'm really sad that you've got next week's episode. Why? And it's going to mean nothing to you because you don't remember episode numbers. Oh, is it 69? Wait! <laughs> <laughs> you filthy slut. <laughs> 60% of the time, every time.